We're back at Investor Channel's headquarters in San Diego, California. We'd like to welcome back the chairman of LDJ Capital, uh, Mr. David Drake. David, thanks so much for taking the time with us again today. Daniel, always happy to come in and talk to you. There's so many things happening in the crypto world, so glad to be here again. David, it's been a while. We always enjoy speaking with you. We, we love talking the crypto markets, the crypto world. You've been traveling for the last oh, month and a half or so, so it's great for us to reconnect again. So tell us, what's the latest going on in the cryptocurrency markets and what's going on with LDJ Capital? Well, you know, I took my uh, family and went over to Asia for Chinese New Year and spent some time in Macau, Dubai, Hong Kong, Shanghai, no, in Beijing, when I came back. And you know, I told people on CNBC and Fox before that it's going to be a cold winter for the crypto industry, because you know every week some politician or some regulator somewhere in the world was making a comment that crypto should be shut down, and we saw the tokens going up and down like a madhouse since January. Lo and behold, you know the SEC started giving directions, and three weeks ago, SEC went ahead and subpoenaed 80 different companies, as well as law firms, lawyers, and leaders in the in space. The week and two after, they started telling that a lot of exchanges are keeping utility tokens that might be secured on the exchange and they need to be regulated. That combined with a cold winter put down all the coins heavily. Of course, when the stock market went down, of course, the coin went down too. And it's kept kind of depressed and reached kind of the bottom the last couple of days. And I think it's just going to keep going up. And I said, look, when the winter's over and a regulation or the regulators have given us a little indication of what they're thinking, slap people around saying, hey, we're monitoring you, we're going to uh, penalize you, and we're going to look at your records to make sure that all the fake ICOs are gone. In addition to that, Daniel, you know, Facebook said we're going to forbid ads. Google said we're going to forbid ads by the June this year. Now everybody's seeing, oh, my God, the mass media or the mass digital media that's advertising heavily for crypto are shutting down on the advertising, which to me is a great thing. You got to remember, Daniel, regulation has been vetted and tried for several decades before it was implemented. It was there to protect us as investors from fraud, fake ads, fraudulent users. And, you know, those disclosures, we have that in the equity markets and in the bond markets for a reason. Is it over-regulated? A lot of people will argue that. In crypto, it's not regulated at all. That's part of the beauty and also the reason that SEC is saying, hmm, we're here to make sure that certain rules are there too. And, you know, currently pump and dump has no regulation in, in the crypto market. Even flagrantly, some groups on Facebook even ads are saying, hey, we're going to pump and dump, and you can join us. <laughs> so the SEC is clearly doing their job saying, hold on a second. People are getting ripped off. So, you know, it's like, should they or shouldn't they? I, of course, they should, in my book. How they should do it? Well, it's a little more deliberate than we've seen before, where regulators in France, Germany, and Korea just blurt out, it should be forbidden. And then the whole market goes kaboot. Um, I think this is a little more deliberate. The task for SEC is going after big firms, small firms. And a subpoena is just an inquiry to see what you're doing. Unless they find something wrong, you're good to go. And 80 of those subpoenas went up. You know, T0 got one, former founder of uh, TechCrunch, tech as a hedge fund, got that one. And most of them probably won't talk about it because, you know, it's, it's a stigma. 
But I think this will clean things up and make it a little more clear that fake ICOs or ICOs breaking the law will not be accepted in the U.S. And, uh, you know, we're probably going to see, you know, this going up a little bit in uh, April, May, as things settle. We still want the SEC to come up with regulation and direction. They're telling us what not to do. They haven't told us clearly what should be done. And uh, there's a little confusion. And there's, you know, the repercussions has been that the majority of the ICOs abroad, they just said, you know what? We're done with this. We're not raising anything from the U.S. We don't care. A lot of U.S. companies have said, okay, we're not going to do an ICO. We're just going to do private offering. So there's a little you know, turmoil in the market right now from the ICO's standpoint. What are we doing? At the same time, you know, the crypto is taking a hit over the, you know, the regulation and the uncertainty. But I think what everybody's forgetting is there's a lot of quant strategies, a lot of computers doing trading today. And these trading uh, is pushing up the coin up and down with agitating strategies like a pump and dump scheme. So... I think, you know, it's going to settle down a little bit in maybe a month from now. And hopefully, as soon as the SEC comes to regulation and direction of what we can do and cannot do, that will make things a lot more streamlined. What do you think, Daniel? No, I think that's a very valid point there. We have to have regulation come in if we're going to have credibility in these markets, because that's what everyone always tests us with, is are these real? Is this just a, another fake investment? Is this something that's never going to really amount to anything? But I think we all agree it's here to stay. This is going to change the way business is done, the way these currencies, a decentralized system, it's going to change how we do everything. And if people try to deny that, I think they're still missing the boat there. But you're right. It's great for because now the companies are actually doing things the right way. We'll get that credibility when the regulators come in and they check them. If I was doing things on the up and up, heck, I'd, I'd like them to come in and check us out too because that just gives us more credibility to our investors and the people that are going to come along with us for that ride. You know, Daniel, on the same point, you know, uh, this regulation and the Facebook and, you know, Google shutting down on ads, it's good for us, you know, like myself, who's been advising and working with firms out there. We understand and work with the compliance the rules and regulation is giving us more attention because we're still standing here and we are telling everybody, you know what? We are aware of the rules and regulation and we're doing compliant here in New York City and in the U.S. So getting rid of the noise of companies who don't understand regulation and just blasting it out on Google and Facebook is a good thing because the supplier of services that understand how to do it properly, then you get more validation. I mean, we're working with the largest group in the world of LinkedIn. We've got 16 million LinkedIn users that we can contact every week, and there's no spam in LinkedIn. And we're the only one in the world who has that access. That has become an extremely valuable source of marketing that nobody else has. And, you know, we're adding those services in our media group because the CEOs we work with advice globally, and there's over 50 who have helped over the world, raised over a billion dollars in less than six months just doing the ICO with the market cap of $25 billion. They're asking us for solutions. So we're supplying that. Banks are coming to us asking us to supply solutions for them to help companies open up bank accounts. OTC services that we're helping companies to convert Ether to uh, uh, cash with the right partners that are registered to do this work. Uh, financial planning, making having market makers helping out with, you know, taking care of the token as it start listing and as traded. 
that's just part of the business after you do an ICO. People think the ICO is the ultimate thing. Not at all. We have dozens of ICOs that raised five to $20 million who are coming back to us. And they're asking us, can you sell our tokens after the fact that we did that? Can you help us do services afterwards? Can you open up an office for us in New York City and be our advisor to do business development and help us build the business? So there's a whole afterlife that's even bigger than the ISO itself. Have you seen that too, Daniel? No, absolutely. I think that is a, a very valid point. <laughs> Obviously, it's a much bigger than that. And the ICOs, until they really regulate that, that's why, as you mentioned, people here in the U.S. are going to stick away from that. But once they kind of figure that whole thing out, and we've used kind of the securities as a measure to govern that, as long as everyone's trying to do their best, I believe, to follow those rules and be as compliant as possible, that's the best we can do right now, right? Well, on the same time, at the same time, Daniel, um, I said six months ago, the cryptocurrency era ended with 2017, and we have started on the corporate cryptocurrency era. And at the end of the year, we're going to move into crypto Wall Street. So right now, corporations are saying, hmm, whether I'm private or public, and by the way, I'm on the board for six public companies using cryptocurrency and blockchain as a strategy to increase shareholder value. Of course, most of them are asking me to build them a mining operation it's easier to manage. But I think more and more companies realize, wait a minute, I have a loyalty program. Can I convert that loyalty program into my own coins and reward people for loyalty with coins that they can use later on to redeem something? And can I then take that and have that trade on exchanges, thus a cryptocurrency? And I think it's becoming easier and easier for everybody right now because if we start using real companies, making real money, then we'd be able to start underwriting them easier. Right now, corporate America coming to me, existing businesses coming to me. I'm working with Atari, CVS, CVS flew in to work with our partners the other day. We're working with Kodak. Uh, you know, We're working with companies who were public and now private. And we've got public companies coming to us saying, can we add shareholder value by adding value to loyalty and blockchain technologies? Yes. So you're gonna start seeing the next rest of the year real businesses where you can say, hmm, I can write that. I know what they're worth. I know this public company. I know what they're worth. And if they're doing something that's palatable and understood by us that we can underwrite, mining is an ex excellent example. Why? Because you're buying a piece of equipment that has a resale value. You have inventory. You can underwrite that and do projections and performa of what you're going to earn. Thus, mining's been so hot, especially when China is cutting down on it. And that's what we're starting to see. We're seeing a lot of companies saying, hmm, who's out there who can advise me as a public company what I should use as a strategy on Wall Street to potentially increase my evaluation? There's not many of us, Daniel. I mean, you in the IR business. I'm on Wall Street IR marketing media as a family office in New York. I've been in the space since 2011. We become, you know, valuable now from all these other services shutting down and the public companies coming to me faster and faster saying, hey, hmm, you know what? You don't have your own services, so you're not biased and you worked with over 150 ICOs globally. You understand what they did, the failures, the successes, how they made money, how they lost money, the things that they wouldn't tell anybody else because you're on the inside. So consequently, you know, you know, the industry is pivoting and people embracing this more and more.
Are you seeing the same thing, Daniel, with your clients? Absolutely. Being especially involved with uh, quite a few OTC companies over the years, and you know, we're used to seeing these same types of fundraising and companies always coming to us saying, how can we increase shareholder value? How can we figure out a way to you know, innovate ourselves and stay ahead of the curve and be with technology? And as you mentioned, crypto mining is a great way, or even blockchain technology, of course, to integrate that into your company, as long as it makes sense, of course. That's the other thing. But cryptocurrency mining, as long as people understand where it's coming from, adding to that top line revenue growth, as you said, you have a cash flowing asset that you can depreciate. I mean, it's better than taking some of these toxic debt deals to raise money when you might as well do your own crypto mining mining operation there and yeah. be able to generate some revenue for your company. And that's going to preserve shareholder value. And they're going to love the fact that you're not diluting the heck out of your company. You're right on there. You're absolutely right, Daniel. And they're starting to realize that the challenge for them is and the companies out there, they don't know how to listen. You, know, you listen to your lawyer, hey, he's going to be smart. If he's a smart lawyer, he's going to make sure he bills you. I'm going to make sure that he's going to make you fearful of things that might go wrong, which allows him to bill you more. So I appreciate that from a lawyer, and I understand the value they add and also the value they create. You know, So maybe you need to find somebody who understands the public and private markets and the cryptocurrency market that allows you to see what the options are and allow you to get to a point very fast. Right now, as you see three weeks ago, uh, you know, put – Two public companies uh, put them off the exchange for two weeks, put them on freeze, mainly because they didn't like the wording. So you still have to be very compliant, and that's the C and Finner is looking at you. So what do you do? You Well, you want to go after either your supplying services to the industry, or you're doing mining, or you find assets to acquire you can add value at, either as a service provider, or even better, a company who can actually create tokens. I mean, imagine that as a mining company, you are a treasury department. You're printing your own money. Pretty cool. You can take Ether and you're printing Ether. Take, you know, NEM, you're printing NEM. You take, you know, Bitcoin and you're kind of mining Bitcoin. Become your own printing press. So uh, quite a unique situation. And of course, you know, everything's depressed now. So the cost factor has uh, increased versus the revenue. But I don't think there's only an upside from here on. We're just going to go up and up in valuation of the tokens. I mean, look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin's nine to ten thousand dollars, even though everything else been done pretty much. And uh, you know what I'm saying is, there's only 21 million Bitcoin in the world. We almost reached that. And when the institution comes in, what do you think they're going to buy? There's only 10 tokens. They're over a billion dollar market cap. They need liquidity. Bitcoin's certainly going to be there and stay there. So let's see if that will reach 20, 30, 50, $100,000 per Bitcoin. Is that possible? Absolutely. You know, I always like to kind of relate it when I talk to investors. I say, you know, there's no such thing as raising your authorized share count. There's only 21 million. You can't file to raise it. You can't reverse split it. It is what it is. And with that limited supply, that's what's going to drive some of that value. So that's kind of how when I talk to investors and we talk capital markets, I think it's a great way to show that, hey, look, you have the confidence that they're not just going to continue to make that pie bigger, which is going to make your shares worth less. Good point. I think that's going to be something people can take away. Well, I appreciate you having me on here, Daniel. 
David, that was a, it's always great to have you on. We'll have you back on again next week. It's uh, hope you enjoyed your travels there, folks. That was David Drake of LDJ Capital. David, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Folks, go to ldjcapital.com and hit David up on his email if you guys have any questions or want to reach out to him and possibly work together with him there. But uh, we will get you next week some more information on the cryptocurrency markets. We're here to give you the insight. We're here to give you the the, the experts here that provide all that information for you. So catch us on uh, YouTube, follow all our interviews there, like us on Facebook, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. Stay tuned for the next interviews here on InvestorTownHall.com.